Hello and welcome to the Carnage Report, where we bring you the latest on all things horror-related, keeping you up to date with news you can use. I'm Nick Spasic. And I'm Julie Holland. The Carnage Report is part of the Cinepunks podcast family. Go to Cinepunks.com to find entertainment news, reviews, and other great podcasts like Horror Business, Twitch of the Death Nerve, and Tomb of Ideas. If you want to help support Cinepunks and ultimately this show, you can become a Cinepunks Patreon subscriber at patreon.com slash cinepunks that's c-i-n-e-p-u-n-x you can also check out our great sponsors like essex coffee roasters which is at essexcoffeeroasters.com they offer specialty grade coffee roasted to order for the most fresh and delicious home brewing experience they are committed to accessible quality coffees offering education on coffee and brewing to all of their customers Essex Coffee Roasters believes you don't have to be a coffee expert to enjoy a great cup of coffee. And right now, if you use code CINEPUNKS, you get 10% off. Also, Lehigh Valley Apparel Creations is the premier screen printer of the Lehigh Valley, but maybe also the world. Personable and professional, the only place where you get punk rock attitude with professional service and printing. You can find them online at xlvacx.com. All right, now it's time for the setup. And today's getting to know you question is, if there was a chance that you were cloned, what is your hot take or known opinion that your friends could use to figure out which one was the real you? Um, My hot take uh, and opinion is that I believe both The Office and Seinfeld are overrated. Um, I don't care for either of them. <laughs> No, listen, like I understand it's 100%. It's not my sort of humor and things like that. And I agree. Like Seinfeld, when it's funny, it is one of the funniest shows on the face of the planet. But personally, I feel that 95% of the time, it's not. It's just like, <laughs> just mean people being mean. Yeah. And not even in a fun way. Cause I mean, I love It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. And that's mean people being terrible. Like they're not even like friends with each other. Like they're terrible to each other first and then they branch out to other people. Um, Yeah, those those would be mine. Uh, also, possibly uh, like I don't do mayonnaise or Miracle Whip or any of that sort of thing. So I feel like those would be the things where uh, like very undercover brother, right? Like mm -hmm. um, where <laughs> I feel like that's a great reference for, for the yes. movie we watch for this episode. Um, yes. Do you have a Tabasco watch? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hot sauce watch. That was it. Watch. <laughs> that was it. Um, but yeah, like I, I feel like there are things where I like they're so definite that it's just like no, 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 no. Like if somebody mm -hmm. was just like, yeah, I was watching The Office the other day, people would be like, that's not you, um, <laughs> imposter. Yeah, uh, I feel like it. Like I'm fairly well known. Like, at least in person, I try not to say these things online because I don't want to get brigaded. And no, Fair. I put it into a podcast. So uh, <laughs> we'll see how many people respond. I feel I like mean, our crowd will allow it. I think that my hot take might be worse as far as this always gets people stirred up. Oh, I want to hear which, it. Which is that I believe both hot dogs and tacos are sandwiches, and I am Never willing to argue much, but I'm always willing to argue and discuss sandwich, not a sandwich matrix and argue my opinion. And a lot of people get really, really angry at the idea. But 
of hot dogs, but more so tacos. And I get that. I get tacos more of a stretch as a sandwich, but they're all sandwiches. A Pop-Tart, also a sandwich. It's a breakfast sandwich. More of a pierogi, but... If a pita is a sandwich, then technically a taco, because that is also... It's hinged. Filling wrapped in a flat bread. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because some people want to say the hot dog isn't. I'm like, well, but what about like a sub sandwich where the bread is still hinged? It's the same. What about a sandwich? What about very specifically a sandwich where it is hinged and the the hinges on the bottom, unlike Mm -hmm. a sub sandwich where it's on the side? Yeah. Like like a Philly cheesesteak. Yes. An Italian beef. Same mm-hmm. meatball sub, half the time at least. Yeah, depends. But yes, yeah. But yeah, if it's the orientation, well, then you have to disqualify these. Um, I, yeah, I am also in the hot dog is a sandwich thing, mainly because it's like, yeah, I understand you have to draw a line somewhere, but yeah, I mean, if you really dig down, everything kind of becomes a sandwich eventually if it's food <laughs> wrapped in other food as transportation. If it's... But that isn't solely what it is because you can still have an open face sandwich. You can't transport that with your hands, but it's still a sandwich when in name. Is it a sandwich in practice? I'm not so sure. Would then therefore the English like beans on toast, is that technically a, an open faced sandwich? Yeah. I mean, I guess open face has to be its own category. But still sandwich, much yes. in the same way that grilled is a sub like mm-hmm. a grilled sandwich is totally different than a regular sandwich because you need yeah. it to make it but no one's gonna argue that a panini is a sandwich it is everyone knows that yeah some people it's... get hot about this so i'm glad to see that you are mild-mannered on the sandwich discussion <laughs> no i like I, I like expanding the definition of things it makes it yeah. makes fun yeah so you know come at me you can send me that sandwich matrix graphic. I'm here for it. I keep it on hand to send to people as well. Um, but yeah, I'm always, and other other things in line with your mayonnaise. Uh, my friends would also know it was me if I were eating cucumbers, coconut, or mushrooms. Mm, fair, fair. Also cucumbers with me, like it's yeah. pickles, especially. Um, oh, I love them once they're pickled. I'm fine with them. My funny thing is that I like all other pickled vegetables with the exception of cucumbers, which are so synonymous. They are just called pickles as opposed to everything else, which is, you know, uh, pickled onions, pickled beets, Mm -hmm. whatever. Yeah, I don't even like a pickle that's still too close to a cucumber, like Clausen's. Get out of here with those. They're too close (laughs) to the original. I don't like it. I've had one pickle I like, and it was uh, at a falafel place somewhere. in, on the Lower East Side of New York, where they were just like thin, like almost paper thin nice. and like quick pickles. So they were kind of crunchy. And they came on my falafel and hummus pita. And I was just like, well, I mean, I didn't know it was on there, but they put them on there. I have to at least try a bite. And I was like, these are amazing. Only pickles I've ever enjoyed. Fair. Kudos to you for giving them a try, not just <laughs> picking them out. <laughs> All right. Everyone, tell us what is your. What is your uh, your safety question that your friends would know or your, you know, that they know if they ask you this or put this in front of you and your reaction will tell them this is you or this is a clone? Let us know. Please. Even if it's even even if you find it too shocking to put online, you, you can DM us. They're, yep. they're safe and quiet. You, you can put little 
little stars or something in for certain vowels if you're afraid people are going to come at you. You know, like I know if you were to tweet that a certain very popular pop star whose name sounds fast is maybe kind of mediocre, that would get you really, really <laughs> hammered on Twitter by, by their fans. <laughs> Not doing that. No. For new nightmares, our roundup of trailers new to streaming coming soon to theaters, news and whatnot in the horror realm. Uh, Julie, what do we have first? Yay, we're gonna start with something I know we're probably both excited about, which is that A24 has officially ordered a sequel to Talk to Me. It'll be called Talk to Me 2, I think, which they're really missing an opportunity by not just changing the two to a two, but that's all right. Um, I had thought that they would just go ahead and do a prequel because apparently the Filippo brothers already shot one, but it sounds like this is going to be a sequel and we don't know what it'll be about yet, but that's very exciting. Um, A24 does not really lean into sequels so much and this might be their first sequel. I'm not totally sure, uh, but I'm excited. I am so excited about this just because I, they hit it out of the park so quickly with this and just Mm -hmm. so we did an entire episode on it of how much we yeah. loved how great it was but i mean like that hand is just like um it is something that you can follow all around the world and soon own one yourself evidently yes A24. i am eagerly awaiting for the a24 one to come out there so, whoever's distributing the physical um blu-ray is putting out a package that has a hand that's blank that you would then get you know graffitied up yourself which is kind of fun but i kind of want the uh, movie replica if it's within a reasonable price range yeah i want to be able to like look up close and see just what's been written on it i think i feel like that it if you buy one and it's ridiculously pricey take a ton of really good photos and throw them up on reddit for everyone to see please yes yeah because i have a feeling i'm going to excitedly click the link when it comes out and then be like not for me. Nope. <laughs> uh, yeah, A24 just sent me a collect- like a-, a thing that I had forgotten I requested for review like back in March, but it is a uh like a box thing of uh like songbooks for every piece nice. of music in um everything everywhere all at once. It is oh, amazing. Cool. It's gorgeous. It is $90. Um, I did not pay for it. Uh no. but um, they just sent it to me because I asked and then forgot. Um, yeah. and it showed up. I really wanted the uh, I wanted the Midsomar incense burner, but oh. it was forty five dollars and it sold out before I could even get to it to allow myself to spend that kind of money on something that I can't even have because of migraines. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, want a hand? Yes, want a hand? Excited for a sequel. 
so uh i write for a record label um it's called cadabra um and they have uh it's i'm very excited because they're recording live albums now um they've put out all kinds of great audio adaptations and it's not just i don't say that just because they pay me money um but uh they're doing a couple of live shows uh end of uh september beginning of october in at retro city studios in philadelphia where they will be reading um on september 30th richard lloyd perry uh will be reading the horla by guy de maupassant and the willows by algernon blackwood um and on october 1st uh anthony dp Mann will be reading the mask by robert w chambers and selected poetry by edgar Allan poe and the horla and the mask are uh both being recorded for future cadaver release uh both with scores by chris bozone who does bozone i can never remember i've only ever read it uh i'm really excited about it just because i like the idea of like a live album of a like a reading yeah just like something really novel and cool and uh Guy de Montpassant uh does some really weird shit um trying to remember like he's done a bunch of things that have been like adapted into films you know who he is that sounds awesome very excited cool cool now we're in into the trailer zone and we're gonna start with the kill room um I had to look back because I almost thought we had talked about this one but I didn't see it so I think we didn't so fingers no, crossed we did Okay, because it's one of those that, you know, I think people are going to be like, it's not horror because it's got Uma Thurman and Samuel L. Jackson. It's still horror. Oh, yeah, it looks creepy as shit. Yeah, it looks so creepy. It looks so fun. It also has Joe Man- Manginello. My Italian's not great. It will be in theaters September 28th. And the synopsis is the kill room follows an art dealer who teams up with a hitman and his boss for a money laundering scheme. The plan accidentally turns the hired killer into an overnight avant-garde sensation, forcing the dealer to pay to play the art world against the underworld. Um, it looks not only creepy; it looks fun. It that's a really fun premise, and it you know it's also got Maya Hawk, and that's exciting because she'll be there with her mom, Uma Thurman. Yeah, I love the idea of. Like, I love the fact that, like, all three of these people can be very fun and very intense situations, like, it was cinematically. So, mm-hmm. um, also, I love the fact that, like, the actual art he makes is total garbage. Yeah, literally in some cases. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, it's, like, evidently the actual, the art he starts making is the bags, the plastic bags he wraps yeah. on people's heads while he kills them and then forms them into things. Which, by the way, that's a great idea like it's a really good plan for laundering money for a hit (laughs) yeah it's like we're gonna put the things that we use to kill these people on display yeah yeah it's so dark and smart yeah i'm excited for this one that's gonna be a fun one yeah i have no doubt then that will be in theaters so excited like that makes me happy Mm -hmm. uh so uh do either of us have Apple TV Plus? I don't. I don't, but I do have a link to the first few episodes of what we're about to talk to because I'm going to be reviewing them, which I have not done for TV before. So that's exciting. 
So based on the book by author Victor Laval of the same name, um, starting Friday, September 8th, with a new episode every Friday through October 13th on Apple TV Plus, will be The Changeling, uh, and it stars and is an executive produced by Lakeith Stanfield. Um, It is described as a horror story, a parenthood fable, and a perilous odyssey through a New York City you didn't know existed um and the poster looks like a really weird uh creepy mashup of both like sort of a nope situation and also mm-hmm. the into the spider first trailer <laughs> yeah it does <laughs> but uh yeah uh i thought for when i first you first put this link i was like oh the change link they're making it like series on the george c scott thing i was like oh no this is much different yeah this is different um you know i guess similar themes with there being a child situation and you know fairy tale-esque sort of i don't know but probably pretty far apart in but the trailer looks really good and i'm excited and i'm hoping i think the the thing i the email i got said that i have eight episodes i can watch and i hope that's all of them because i'm going to be really sad if it's not and then i'm like i want to finish it (laughs) i have to get apple plus i don't want another one no more streaming services yeah but they do have so much horror that i've wanted to watch on apple plus that i imagine eventually i'll find a way to get it for a month and binge or something (laughs) yeah it's um yeah, uh, director Jonathan Van Tulliken, who I don't know from anything. Mm-mm, no. All right. This next thing we have talked about before, but it, it was just we had seen a clip and <laughs> it looked real weird and it still looks real weird, but it has a trailer now. This is Good Boy, a thriller about a man in a dog costume. <laughs> um, it is. I, what country is this from? Did this say anywhere? I don't know. It's it's a foreign language film. I don't think I can tell what country it's from just based on the names involved. But um, here's this. Here's the synopsis. Sigrid thinks she's met the perfect match with the charming and handsome Christian, but there is one catch. He lives with a man who acts like his pet dog. Trying to be open-minded, Sigrid continues the relationship, but soon notices an insidious undertone to Christian. Maybe puppy play isn't as interested. It isn't as innocent as it seems. Um. From the little clip we had seen, gosh, like a year ago, yeah. Um, I thought, oh, that looks weird. I'm curious, but I don't know. This trailer looks downright scary, like really scary. Uh, really this will be in theaters September 8th to make us all feel uncomfortable. I don't know, probably not many theaters, but it'll be on digital as well. Uh, the director, Viljar Bo, um, is Norwegian. Okay. It definitely seemed like, you know, Norway, Sweden, somewhere like that. I love the fact that, like, the image is, like, that that they've used for everything of the guy in the dog suit mm-hmm. is creepy. Yes. Then it's you a creepy dog suit. And the poster looks terrifying. Yeah. The poster looks like it was drawn by a psycho. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually, I'm really like I'm, I don't know if I'm now more or less likely to see it. I was like, oh, the original one looked, you know, uncomfortable. This one looks now the full trailer. Yeah, I mean, I'm gonna see it eventually. I gotta, I gotta see it eventually. Mm-hmm. It looks too weird to be avoided. 
Yeah. Uh, I don't know if I... Okay. So Dark Sky Films releasing uh, in theaters on VOD on September 8th is the film Eight Found Dead from director Travis Green. Two couples head to a secluded desert hideaway for a weekend of relaxation and, unbeknownst to their friend, uneasy revelations. When they arrive, each couple is met by the same eccentric couple claiming to have booked the rental on the same day at the same time. As two local police officers are drawn into the evening, strange and unpredictable events, depravity and derangement begin to consume everyone at the house. What begins as miscommunication soon descends into mayhem and bloody murder. It feels very similar to a movie we might have seen. Only with more people. Yeah, and I did see this one, actually. I think this played at Panic Fest. It's hard to remember which festivals had which things, but I think it was a virtual Panic Fest. It's not bad. It It's better than it sounds from the synopsis. Um, it's low budget, obviously. Yep. Uh, but it, it 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 ends up being more interesting than it seems like it will be. So, yep. you know, there you go. The trailer, yeah. eh, trailer's meh, but the movie itself, not too bad. Yeah, I just heard the title and there was a band that used to play around here, like in the 2000s, called Eight Found Dead all the time. I think they were from up in Iowa. Okay. that When I first heard the name, I was like, first of all, that's a brutal sounding name. Hell yeah. <laughs> and then it. I don't know the brutality didn't I, I expect it to be more of those like Australian movies with a name oh, yeah. like that where it's just absolute non-stop brutality and then it wasn't quite that but then you know and then the name is sort of like in a movie like this the name is ultimately kind of a spoiler like, yeah okay, we're gonna hit a number it's right there uh the tagline is fuck who done it it's who survives yeah that's fair <laughs> yeah it 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 looks it looks fine. Yeah. All right. For one that to me at least looks more than fine. Let me make sure I'm going in the right order. I'm always afraid. Okay. Is the elevator game coming to Shutter on September 15th, directed by Rebecca McKendry, who we're both big fans of. You and betcha. it is it um it is a take or it is a, a a movie that follows the online phenomena of the elevator game, which I think we're probably both too old to have gotten sucked into, at least as far as playing it. I think I vaguely knew it existed. Um, and the elevator game follows socially awkward teenager Ryan, who ingratiates himself into a group of recent high school graduates that run an online web series debunking urban legends. But Ryan has a secret. His sister disappeared months earlier, and he believes that they and a dangerous online challenge called the elevator game were responsible. To play the game, you must ride the elevator in a specific sequence invoking a supernatural creature called the Fifth Floor Woman. In an attempt to gain more information as to the whereabouts of his sister, Ryan persuades the group to play the game once more and risk unleashing the most fearsome consequences imaginable. Never heard of it. Oh, okay. I, like the elevator game at all. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean. I, somehow I had vaguely heard of it. I don't know. How it's not like I'm tuned into what the kids are doing, but somehow I, I kind of knew it existed. Maybe it was because of that, that case at the Cecil, um, mm. Lisa Lamb, where she did do weird stuff in an elevator and then ended up dying. Who still kind of mysterious. Um, maybe somebody equated that to the elevator game or something. I don't know. But again, I didn't know much about it, so might be best going into the movie to know not much about it because you know how movies can be (laughs) 
I'm actually like I'm really kind of excited about the concept of this because I think you know as as glorious proved like Rebecca McHenry knows how to make a movie where everything takes place like in a very small space and make it very mm -hmm. seem much larger than it actually is so um I I'm yeah we like what she does so yeah and she has a respect for this kind of horror that's like teens doing dumb stuff you know i think she yes. treats that respectfully and not like making fun of it which is you know i also am a fan of teens doing dumb stuff so i appreciate that oh so much a fan of teens doing dumb stuff in movies yes uh there's a movie coming out uh that i'm a fan of the the concept um uh and that's weird tentacly things coming out of the ocean <laughs> um and that's uh menor or minore um it is headed to fright fest and uh the macabro festival um in mexico it is from director constantinos kutsoliatas good job that was a real risk um <laughs> it's uh greek um and in this horror comedy a greek seaside port is invaded by a mysterious tentacled creatures from the ocean floor it's up to a small gang of misfits made of, of musicians a sailor a bodybuilder and one granny to save the city from this lovecraftian terror from the deep um this looks silly and goofy and the poster really leans into it um, the poster is so good oh I, yeah, I'm I'm sure this will be silly and ridiculous. Um, but I watched a movie as part of Fantasia called Hundreds of Beavers, where it's a man <laughs> fighting uh hundreds of beavers um in the Canadian wilderness. And never forget that one of our top movies last year was Crabs. So That's very true. We um, love this stuff. <laughs> yeah, silly monster movies, uh with that really lean into the fact that they're silly. All for it. Mm -hmm. yeah it looks good i can't wait till we get more release information and when when we can all see it yes all right next up shadow island this will be in select theaters and on demand september 8th from brainstorm media um it, it looks uh really dark and moody it follows david an aspiring meteorologist so some meteorological horror that's different <laughs> <laughs> as he follows his late father's footsteps in the Swedish mil military. After stumbling upon what's left of his father's work, David sets off to a desert island in the Barents Sea, the one place which may hold the truth about his father's passing. Confronted by strange lights in the dark, eerie radio disturbances, and a hidden cave, David suddenly begins to question whether or not he's really alone on the island. Suddenly, a female voice calls out over the otherwise silent radio, a stranger trying to reach David. Little does he know his search for truth is about to descend into a much larger conspiracy. Written and directed by Johan Storm and also Swedish Norwegian. I really like this movie, you know, people trapped in a place and possibly going insane. Mm -hmm. Yep. I, I love those sorts of things where you're, I think, especially if at the end you still don't know whether something actually happened or they just lost their shit entirely. Yeah. Yes, especially nice when it happens sort of at sea or on an island. Nobody else can get to them and they can't get away. Yes. Also mysterious, weird radio transmissions. Mm. Always great. Yep. Unless it's that movie with Michael Keaton and EVP. That one I rented. I 
can't remember what that's called, but I did not care. I don't know if I saw that one. Electronic voice phenomena. <laughs> they made a very big deal. They tried to make it very real. Uh, oh. <laughs> I wish I could remember what it's called because it's so bad. <laughs> um, uh, let's see if I can find white noise. Oh, okay. That sounds like the perfect name for that. Yep. Um, it is. It is not great. Uh, and oh man. And uh, let's talk about some stuff that's coming out. Uh, as part of Fantastic Fest that we oh, got yes. pictures of. Yes, with the Fantastic Fest announcement, uh, we learned about a lot of things, and we got yeah some first images. Uh, first up, uh, a dark picture of Peter Dinklage in the remake reboot, what you want to call it, of the Toxic Avenger uh, from writer-director Malcolm Macon Blair's um, The Man Behind Green Room um, and starring Peter Dinklage. Um, a horrible toxic accident transforms downtrodden janitor Winston Goose into a new evolution of hero, the Toxic Avenger. Um, we also got a poster um, and I keep making South Park Canadian jokes. <laughs> it definitely looks like Terrence and Philip. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when I read the Fantastic Fest lineup and I even like, you know, put it into a piece for Downright Creepy, I was just like, oh, I guess they're just showing, you know, a a screening of Toxic Avenger. I didn't even realize a remake was happening till like the next day. And I was like, oh, that's new. That's a remake. Okay. Wow. Well, the Unfortunately, it is showing the day before I will get there. Bummer. Yeah. They are. They, uh, Trauma is cashing in with an eight Blu-ray 4K remaster set of all of the Toxic Avenger movies, as well as the entire uh, Toxic Crusaders series to cash in on this. Uh, and I think that comes out next month. Um, yeah. I don't need to buy those again but um <laughs> if somebody wants to buy them for me i will take them we accept gifts yes all right the next thing we got maybe slightly less exciting just because it's just one one little picture from vhs 85 um in this picture we have someone dressed in very 80s puff sleeve floral dress with lots of pearls and a rifle and and that's it. I mean, we also kind of got a poster, sort of. It just lists out the the directors that will be involved, which is exciting. David Bruckner, Scott Derrickson, Gigi Saul Guerrero, Natasha Kermani, and Mike P. Nelson. Um, you know, the, the VHSs usually have at least a couple things that everyone agrees are great, if not more. So we're excited for it. I am so very excited about this movie. I love the fact that they shot it in secret. Oh, and also, yeah. um, and we love uh, an 80s throwback. So it's done right. Also, I'm really excited to see um, David Bruckner coming back. Yeah. One of the original uh, VHS filmmakers. Um, I mean, like as part of the VHS series, not like making movies on VHS. Right, right. <laughs> uh, and we got one more thing, which is a actually more than one photo thank you um uh prime video uh the slasher comedy totally killer is on the way from bloomhouse and amazon uh and it is 
uh, about uh, a girl named Jamie, whose mom, Pam, is terrorized by the resurgence of the Sweet 16 Killer, a masked maniac that slaughtered a group of teenage girls in the 80s. With the help of her friend, Amelia, she travels back in time to 1987 and teams up with the teen version of her mom to try and stop the killer. And it stars Kiernan Shipka. Um, it's got Olivia Holt, Julia Bowen, Julie Bowen, her, Randall Park. Love him so much. Um, yeah. And we get a picture of Randall Park and he looks very Randall Park. Yep. Yeah, this looks good. Uh the premise alone, I'm into it. It does sound like that movie from a few years back that I think was called Final Girl. Uh the final girls the final girls so, yeah there there were there were kind of a, a string of final girl titled movies there for a second there is yeah, the so final girls ish premise but this looks um it i doesn't i'm not gonna say like oh too similar not interested still interested still love that premise well the it. thing the thing about the final girls uh, and people keep bringing it up is like they literally end up in the horror movie her mom was in like that's yeah. the that's the thing they travel back in time but they travel back in time into the actual horror movie that her mom started um yeah. but yeah if you haven't seen the final girls fucking see it it's great yeah it's surprisingly yeah. emotional mm-hmm. the ending makes me cry all right that's that's our news that is the extent of our exciting announcements from Fantastic Fest so far. Where the money at? I'm an entrepreneur. I work in the spirit of the pimp game. You know your girl gotta know what's going on in these streets. You keep your pimp hand raised and be willing to protect the ones you love by any means necessary. I ain't scared. I'm a dope boy, remember? Excuse me, kind sir, but if you could pour me to the elevator that leads down to the Fiki Laboratory, I'd be out your atmosphere. Let's get my. On the scene trying to figure out what has happened. I need this shit. Oh, no, they out 
ain't here cloning this what the fuck going on in this bitch? That's right, that is the prevailing theory. Tell me, is it just a dream? And now it's time for our feature presentation. Today we are talking about They Clone Tyrone, directed by Jewel Taylor. Nick, what's it about? A series of eerie events thrusts an unlikely trio onto the trail of a nefarious government conspiracy in this pulpy mystery caper. Talk about underselling a movie. Yeah, that is like the vaguest. Um, the title tells you more than, than that synopsis. <laughs> but I kind of like it because this is a movie where like, depending on what marketing you're looking at, you're gonna be expecting uh about one of i don't know five different movies yeah yeah because it is kind of five different movies and not in a disconnected way but in a way that they've melded things that you're like oh wow those were things you wouldn't have thought went together and here they are together yeah it is definitely like i mean my favorite thing is like seeing people's responses to this movie and what films they think it reminds them of after having watched it. Yeah. 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 And this movie dropped on Netflix the same weekend as Barbenheimer dropped on the world. (laughs) So it just was a bad time to put out really kind of, I mean, it's got big, it's got, it's got Jamie Foxx. It's got John Boyega. It looks like it's got good production value and it's it's one of the weirder, you know, Netflix originals that has been dropped on us in a while. And I mean that, of course, in a good way. Um, it, it seems like a real risk. And then they dropped it at a time where it's like uh, no one's looking, which is unfortunate. Yeah, because like our, our three stars, John Boyega, uh, Tayona Harris, uh, mm-hmm. uh, Tayona Paris, sorry, and Jamie Foxx. Like the best like trio like team up in ages. Yeah, like, their interplay is so good. Yeah, and it manages to be really fun even while it's really serious. Yeah, you're just like rooting for them for the beginning. Um, yeah, I don't know, I don't know, I don't know where to start on it. It it is it is one of those movies that it it. it I the best way I can think of describing it is a movie that exists in a time period that is kind of like what when you would watch Batman the animated series where like everything they watched on like TV and stuff was in black and white but they had like computers and stuff but everything looked all art deco this mm-hmm. is very similar in that like they talk about like crypto and stuff yeah. like that. But everybody's carrying around flip phones and they dress like they're from the 70s. And they drive 70s cars. But yeah. it is. <sighs> and worth noting that it's filmed grainy. Um, whether that's an after effect or whether it was filmed on film that way, I'm not sure. Um, but it definitely threw me for a little bit because right before I pressed play, Netflix was like, don't you want to pay $4.99 a month to upgrade to this better picture? And I was like, hell no, I don't. And then it was grainy. And I was like, is this ah. just Netflix trying to convince me I did need to pay that $4.99? <laughs> and after a while, I was like, no, I think this is an intentional part of the movie to make it have that look like a exploitation movie, honestly. 
Yeah, I mean, there are definitely there is a point where I was watching it with Tanya and I go like, oh, cigarette burns like they're yeah. making this look as retro as possible. Yeah, there have been some complaints from other people. It didn't detract too much from the film for me. I would mm-hmm. like to see how this looks with all, all the faux grain on top. But I feel mm-hmm. like it really adds to that sort of like out of time, out of place aesthetic that the film is going for, where you don't quite know when you're supposed to be yeah yeah really my only complaint with how it looks is it it's just and this is my complaint with many movies it's so dark that there were times especially when you're watching it at home if you don't have a theater like room there's just times you don't know what's going on you're like i don't know it's too dark i can't see anything something's happening i can't see what it is it's not through the whole movie there's just bits and also i'm just an old lady i had to put the subtitles on because there's so much music in the movie which is great we love that but it is at the same time as the talking. And I was like, I can't hear what they're saying. I can't understand what they're saying. I have to put on the subtitles because my old lady ears cannot decipher two different sounds going on at once anymore. It's a movie that when it starts, you think it's going to be like uh like a very black exploitation movie. And then it starts taking on elements of like Groundhog Day then it starts taking on elements of uh, like black dynamite, mm-hmm. up to and including. Did you notice the fact that the malt liquor that they're drinking throughout the film is anaconda malt liquor? Oh, yeah. Uh, evidently, uh, I, I noticed that and I looked it up. Evidently, Jewel Taylor uh, talked to Michael Jai White and Michael Jai White was like, yeah, you can use it. I don't give a shit. Nice. Um, give him permission. And so does that mean that they exist in the same universe? Who knows? Good question. I think, and I'm not the type of person who's going to be able to go through them line by line and pinpoint them, but I think there were lots of homages and nods to obviously Jewel Taylor's probably favorite films, horror films. There were a lot of moments where I'm like, this feels like the exorcist where it's all foggy and you see things, you know, you're like looking down a foggy street and that felt like that to me, you know, or lots of horror movies do that, but that's just the one that popped into my brain when I first saw it. And, and parts of it felt like stranger things mm-hmm. to me. I don't know. I thought that was really cool. It's like adults doing stranger things in their adults like parts, in the hood. I love the fact that like yo-yo like makes a reference at one point to hollow man. <laughs> Uh, many references to many re- <laughs> which is also a movie about technology and how it fucks with uh like you get a little too up in your shit and you think you're a god um i don't even the, i feel like part of the appeal of this movie is just sort of like the discovery of the layers but like suffice mm-hmm. like like i don't even know a good way to like sum up the plot to a point yeah like obviously like like i said you know the title tells you more they're cloning you know you you know that much just by clicking on the title you're like okay someone's probably getting cloned and you know that pretty quickly in the film it just takes a long time to know who and why and you know that's the part we obviously wouldn't want to spoil for you i will say i do think it it came in a little long i think it could have I could have trimmed the fat a little bit, but just because like the middle section is kind of a slow burn. You're learning things, but you could learn them faster, probably. Yeah, like I really like essentially like the movie deals with like it's like part of the thing is like stereotypes and tropes and like how real are they? Like, I mean, we've got John mm-hmm. Boyega plays Fontaine, who's 
uh, drug dealer. Uh, Tayona Paris plays Yo-Yo, who is uh, a prostitute. Jamie Foxx plays like Charles, who is a pimp. Um, mm-hmm. And man, it's just, there's so much stuff going on in this. And there are like so many people that you see that you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, like David. They even sneak in a little Kiefer Sutherland on us. Kiefer Sutherland's in it. David Allen Greer's in it. And mm-hmm. uh, I am a huge David Allen Greer fan um, because I think he's highly underrated as a comedian and actor. And if I see him, yeah. in I like to celebrate that fact. Uh, and he plays a preacher um, who is in a church where the church organ and band starts playing an instrumental version of Back That Ass Up. <laughs> I about lost my shit. Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wait a minute yeah you could really watch this movie over and over for the easter eggs i think especially if you know all the reference points and i know there were a lot of moments where i'm like i would know i would be getting a lot more out of this if i had watched more like i've seen a fair amount of like black comedies like comedies for made by and for black people but not enough to know all the references that I know are stuck in there. Like you just know they are. I'm not going to, I don't know. Go ahead. Oh, this movie definitely going back to something I said earlier, like this movie really made me want to go back and rewatch undercover brother because like, I feel like, man, it's kind of, I mean, it's not a perfect movie by any stretch, but there are, there are some, it, it, it's you it follows like the same sort of skewering mm-hmm. homage that that this does and and black dynamite as well yeah yeah it kind of takes those you know i don't know more lighthearted, i guess and then but it, then it also puts in this horror element and it, it creates something in this black movie space that i don't think we've really seen and at least not in this kind of sci-fi way you know obviously there's tons of movies out there with the horror and the social commentary and you could go back to things like the people under the stairs and stuff like that. But this is, this is a whole different thing. Um, I don't know if any of the ideas are totally new, but kind of like what you find out they're ultimately doing is like, okay, that's not what I expected was going to be going on. That's very, that's the perfect way to describe it is this is a movie that, takes bits and pieces from films you've seen but like turns it into something completely new Mm -hmm. and the way it addresses its topic is like i mean like the cloning is just oh man uh like it gets it gets once you really get into the clones and all that like shit gets it gets like metaphysical for lack of a better term like you know it starts focusing on the nature of like consciousness and what exactly you know who you are as a human being and Mm -hmm. yeah you're just playing a role yeah i mean we are never ones to say that horror is not quote-unquote woke because horror has always been a social societal commentary but this is this is a very commentary heavy movie which is not a problem for me if it's a problem for you i guess maybe skip this one but it's definitely got a lot to say and i i like that about it i think it's an interesting way to say it it's saying it in a way i haven't seen before 
yeah it um the movie it reminded me most of uh in in recent memory is i'm sure people are just like oh it's it's gonna be get out no actually it's sorry to bother you like it's mm-hmm. that same sort of thing where it's just like you're laughing and it's like ha, ha, oh. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> there there are a lot there are a lot of laughs in this movie that are like it's funny because it's true yeah you're yeah. laughing in recognition of terrible things yeah Oh man, it's so it's it's really fun and like it just about the point where you feel like it's going to get to be like a little too hefty and like start weighing you down. They're just they somebody has quip, somebody has something mm-hmm. that is very pertinent to what's going on, but it like very much sort of like lightens the mood. And the ending is fuck it's hilarious like yeah the ending really because because it gets really emotional in there for a little bit like you're you know the characters are really going through some existential crisis and they're learning things about their lives that they thought they knew that they didn't and you're like oh man this this is hard and and then at the end yeah they just like take you home with a bunch of laughs It is a movie that, yeah, it might be a little long, uh, but I feel like it's doing really well on um, on good on Netflix. Uh, like and like critics love it. Like everybody I've talked to, um, like I, I've seen talking about it online are just mm-hmm. like, oh, man, like it's it. Like anybody, if you've seen it, you know how good it is. But I feel yeah. like. I really wish I I really wish I could have seen this in the theater. Like this is legit a movie I want to see with a crowd. Yeah, it would have been so fun with a crowd. Also easier to see all the parts where that are so dark. Yes, yes, definitely. (laughs) I'm looking up now, so I'll have the answer to my own question. I was curious what else, um, if anything, Jewel Taylor has directed. And it's his I know it's his directorial debut. Okay, yeah, he's got some shorts and some TV, but yeah, that's that's it. And really, as a co-writer, kind of, you know, he's done a few things, but yeah. I don't know. I think one to watch. He's obviously got interesting ideas and a really good eye for style. Like, it's a very stylish movie. Yeah, like, everybody, like, the uh, whoever was the costume designer on this movie, big yeah. high five. Yeah, that struck me too. I was like, these costumes are so great. They are, they are again, like they look retro, but they also like exist in like this sort of because you've got like, I feel like Yo Yo looks like she's from the 80s and Mm -hmm. like Slick looks like he's from the 70s, but like Fontaine looks like he's from now. Like it's just, ah, yeah, it's a perfect, like, and it all fits together in this, you know very you know great pastiche Mm -hmm. yeah yeah it is it's beautiful to look at even in spite of the grain which is you know part of the beauty if you like that kind of thing and distracting from it if you don't like that kind of thing since it's you know contrived i guess but yeah i think we recommend this highly definitely watch it on netflix right now we recommend that you do yes absolutely do it what else should they watch if they like well, it. I put in here they live because I think it takes a lot of that kind of you know what is our government or whoever 
shadow authority figure doing to control us. Um, and then also Cabin in the Woods because it had some of those vibes for me of mm-hmm. of someone is building a world for us to react to and then they are controlling what happens when we react to it. Agreed. And how about you? What do you got? Um, I have uh, Halloween 3, which is also a movie about weird shadowy people doing things in the background. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> and controlling folks uh and um, another movie about clones that i feel like not enough people have seen uh the boys from brazil um, no, i haven't seen it oh it's it's really excellent um it's it's uh not a movie i like it's funny it was like a huge movie uh when it came out and i feel like it just kind of dropped off the radar but if you want to see a movie about like little uh like eight-year-old hitler clones oh, check it out <laughs> It's weird and good. All right. Those are good Rex. If you've watched this or if you do watch it, reach out and tell us what you think because we've heard nothing but good things. We'd love for you to tell us if you loved it or if you didn't um, or if you noticed anything that you thought was interesting that we forgot to talk about. There's so much. <laughs> yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot to talk about as as evidenced by kind of our chaotic bouncing around trying to <laughs> figure out what to discuss. <laughs> There's no good place to start and there's no good place to end that discussion. It's just like, let's dive in because like we just we don't want to spoil it for you because yeah. half the fun is just discovering it as you watch it. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Now it's time for I'll Be Right Back. Nick, what do you have coming up that might be kind of spooky or horror related? Um, I picked up a book from the library a while back and uh, it took me forever to get through it. And so I didn't finish it and I took it back and I found it again when I was at the library this weekend. And it's a collection of short stories by Stephen Gallagher called Comparative Anatomy, which is the best of Stephen Gallagher. Um, and it's been a minute since I've read this many uh, short stories that are just like straight out like banger 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 um so i'm very excited to finally finish it uh i'm trying to work my way through like a bunch of stuff on uh like tubi and screenbox and shutter because i really want to watch bad things um Mm, yeah we watched a couple movies this weekend didn't get around to it um also this is not a thing that i have coming up but is a thing i randomly grabbed at the library because i saw the title and had to read it uh and it is a book called psychic teenage bloodbath by carl john lee um and it just an extreme horror novel on the front uh (laughs) it is it's super gross it's super dumb it's the closest thing i've ever read like actually read where it reads like a 70s like grindhouse movie like it's just it's really fun evidently all his books are like this they read like lost movie scripts because that's the conceit i guess but um track it down you can read it like in afternoon i actually read it like i got home from work at like 11 on saturday and i think i had to finish by like 1 30 in the morning like i was just nice. like i'll just read it all the way through would recommend what you nice. got going on 
Uh, well, I did finally just get Screenbox, so I have a lot to dig into there. I got it right before we left for vacation because they had a three months for 99 cents deal. Um, and I have not dug in. I have those episodes of The Changeling I want to watch. I also recently received, um, I, I, I guess I'm a Patreon sub- supporter of, so kind of a subscriber to this little zine called Strange Days. Um, this guy, you can just get it on his Etsy. It's just strange days zine. I think, um, he just collects these stories of like paranormal phenomena, UFOs, ghosts, and just, you know, edits them into a zine. Um, I, he could probably use a little more editing. I, I see some typos in there, bless his heart, but it's a really, other than the a few typos here and there, it's a really like nice zine, like well bound. It feels really quality. Um, and it, and it's always like those sorts of things that like you might have read not as sensationalized as the weekly world news, but sort of has that feeling of like, is this true? Is this really? And a lot of it's testimonials from people or someone will have done a little research into an old UFO sighting. And so he'll write about that. And it's just kind of an interesting little zine. So it comes out quarterly and I just got the most recent issue also before vacation i haven't had a chance to dive into that so i'm reading that as well excellent thanks for listening to the carnage report you can find us on twitter and instagram at report carnage and we can be reached via email at carnage report pod at gmail.com if you'd like to make suggestions for upcoming episodes or just share your thoughts and if you reach out to us on any of those platforms, we have stickers that we can send to you. Just shoot us an email or a message and we'll get some sent out to you. We also have a few buttons, um, mostly to pass out in person, but you just never know if you reach out and ask us to send you something. Maybe we will throw one in there. All music featured in this episode is by my brother, Steve Spacey, who you can find on Instagram at Starling Woodworks and at nodder.bandcamp.com. And Nick, where can they find you personally on the socials? I am Nuthouse Punks on both Blue Sky and the Twitter slash X. Um, I am Nicholas Mouse on Instagram. Um, and uh, also like hit up From and Inspired by at From Inspired Bod because there's an episode of that podcast uh, about soundtracks dropping this week where I talk with Brendan fucking Small from Metalocalypse rad very exciting. exciting yeah it's worth resurrecting it for you know a rare episode oh yeah where can they find you i am dark humor girl wherever you are looking as much as i don't want my main place to be the artist formerly known as twitter it still is i can't quit it i won't quit it till it dies <laughs> but i'm also on blue sky and on instagram uh, we're heading into spooky season so my pictures will begin to get spookier on instagram Yep, and I will probably also be randomly posting weird store shit I find on the Carnage Report Instagram because I think it's fun. Thanks, yes. Um. So, thanks for listening. Um. We'll be back next episode with another roundup of the latest news in horror when we talk about Ennis Men, directed by Mark Jenkin, now streaming on Hulu. Julie, tell the folks what it's about. Set in 1973 on an uninhabited island off the Cornish coast, a wildlife volunteer's daily observations of a rare flower turn into a metaphysical journey that forces her as well as the viewer to question what is real and what is a nightmare. I've seen a lot of varying reactions to this film, so I'm excited to finally see it.
yeah i'm excited uh, i believe we the discussion we had when we decided we watched this like maybe we'll hate it it'd be kind of interesting to talk about that for once so we're yeah taking a risk yeah we are serial likers so it'll be interesting if we get one we don't like <laughs> tune in next episode to find out yes uh, thanks for listening everybody thanks everyone Bye-bye. bye bye bye